Longtime fans of the show should be familiar with the lender formerly known as Sue Pullen, and I'm pleased to announce that she's back, fresh off a rebrand and ready to help as Sue Mackey. Sue is a certified mortgage advisor at Fairway Independent Mortgage, an equal housing lender who focuses on finding the right product for you and your needs. She has over 20 years of experience helping thousands of homeowners. Whether it's purchasing, refinancing, or even a reverse mortgage, Sue will help. Sue's licensed in 36 states now, so reach out and let Sue Mackey it happen for you. The best way to reach her is just give her a call at 520-977-7904 or in an email, spullen at fairwaymc.com. Fairway Independent Mortgage has an MLS number of 2289. Sue Mackey has an MLS number of 206048. That email again, spullen at fairwaymc.com. And that phone number is 520-977-7904. Shoot Sue an email and let her know she needs to update that address. You are listening to an entertainment program put together by a company called Financial Ineptitude. Anything said on this show is not an endorsement or professional advice. Would you really want to tell a court of law you were suing us because you thought taking financial advice from two idiots on a podcast put out by Financial Ineptitude was a good idea? Really? Clown hat smiley face. Hello and welcome to the China Shop, everyone. Get your asses inside already. I'm Shopkeeper Dan. With me, as always, is Kyle, creator of FinancialIneptitude.com. Kyle, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm not sure. A little pain in my back, but uh, I don't know. I'm doing okay, I think. Mixed bag, a little pain, a little pleasure. Pain, a little pleasure. Uh, less pleasure, but hopefully that comes later. <laughs> that's, that's right. We're doing a, we're doing a a bad movie night tonight, aren't we? Oh, are we? Um, I never. Uh, I thought it was supposed to be Friday, but I didn't hear back from Ray. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we'll nail that down. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's as I do want to see Lamageddon. I've been dying to see that movie. Lamageddon. <laughs> same. Same. <laughs> uh, come on into the shop with us today, folks. Sit back, relax, hedge against the rage machine. We'd like to welcome any new listeners just joining us. We're here smashing our way through a complete set fine china, sharing those ever-growing strategies for maximizing gains and cutting losses. If you're new to the shop and stock trading in general, you can always check out our knowledge and resource centers on financialneptitude.com, or you can give one of our many beginning trading episodes a listen. We'll have all those links in the episode description. But the best place to be is head on over to our free Discord server. Lots of amazing people get on there every day. It's really just an awesome Awesome trading community, great place to be, totally free, no paid tiers or special access areas. Let's fuck that shite. <laughs> and when you do join the server, send Kyle a private message or email with your mailing address so we can send you some smash it yourself swag straight from the shop. Uh, I was going to say too, Purdue has just started an eval challenge. So he's actually like showing like his entire process of like how he fleshes out a new trading setup. Uh, so that's going to be really fascinating to watch in there. What? Yeah, huh. That's amazing. That's yeah. that's yeah. That's fucking amazing. Purdue. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Wow. Big shout out to Purdue for that. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh yeah. See, wonderful people. Always better mm-hmm. as friends. Really wonderful time. Uh, and speaking of wonderful times, Kyle, you got any show news to report? Uh, yes, we have coming up on Monday. Uh, interview with Kevin Davy, world champion futures trader, coming up. Uh, then we have the, I guess we're going to call it a bonus episode of the trade runners where Joel Purdue and bear goes long joined 
me and Rich and taking Rich's training assessment, discussing the results. We did a live stream of that, so that'll be coming out on the YouTube uh, next week. Fantastic. Uh, let's see, what else do we have? Oh, uh, rounding out the rest of the month, uh, we've got Drew Spaventna and Blaine McCauley. Blaine McCauley's from the Penny Lane Blaine podcast. It'll be uh, coming in the following weeks. So a lot of good, good uh, content coming out the uh, rest of this month. So be on the lookout for that. Hell yeah. That's a, that does sound like some great content coming up. Wow. Fantastic. Yeah, I, I, I'm really excited to learn about Drew's uh, house house uh, issues, how he recovered from from half his house burning down. I also want to give him a great compliment for, for at least letting us know. <laughs> right? I think if anybody was justified to be a no-call, no-show, I think he was. <laughs> <laughs> I came home and half of my home was gone. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh-huh. I'm not going to make the recording today. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Great stuff coming up. But for now, we've got a show to do today. Yes, we do. Let me tell you, Kyle, that show is perceptible, it is peripheral, and it is perishable. <laughs> yes. Lots of market moving news, <laughs> plenty of stocks on the radar, and more options than beers that aren't Bud Light. Ooh. Ooh. Bud Light has their fingers in a lot of things, though, don't they? <laughs> you know, Anheuser-Busch has been gobbling up beer companies for the last uh, yeah, 20 years. I know yes, they own they Michelob. Own <laughs> <laughs> hmm, yeah. It, even the craft beers, like, you, you pick one. There's, I, I give it a 50-50 odds it's owned by Anheuser-Busch. Wow, so Jesus. All right, so. Yeah, they, they, they're prolific. So not many options today, huh? <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, should we... <laughs> Should we talk about the stupid bet? Uh, no, but for, first I want to I want to tell ask people remind people uh, to reach out to us. No, do that because we love their messages and comments on Twitter and Facebook and Discord so so very much. Uh, if they're old school, some people they like to just shoot us an email two bulls at financialnipsuit.com. That's the number two bulls. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, maybe they've got a hot stock tip. Maybe they want to tell us about a great trade they just made. I don't know. Well, ooh, maybe I got, they... it, I got it. I got it. Maybe, maybe they finally decided to take some well-deserved vacation time for an extended safari, but a militaristic anti-hunting group in the area decides that you're a problem and must be eliminated. Oh, uh, um, <laughs> oh, traffic thunder. No, wait, no, way off. <laughs> <laughs> get to the chopper deliver get to the chopper get to the chopper oh yeah. predator <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one that's a good one well said the stupid anti-poachers <laughs> stupid anti-poachers just trying to just enjoy some time take off your vacation yeah. from work I love the the image of the predator like back at his cubicle on his home planet, right? Like crunching right. numbers. He's like go looking on. at the pictures. I just want to get out and go hunting again. <laughs> He's got like uh, pictures of him with like you know uh, his trophies uh, all over his desk. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, Bill, what you got planned for this weekend? <laughs> Finally taking that trip. Oh. Been saving up all month. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Okay. Okay. Oh, go oh God. Oh, all right. All right. It's time to talk about some bet results. No. No? I, I'm assuming <laughs> right. yeah, we, we, did, we did amazing, right? Uh, we did. We lost $4. <laughs> 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 
That's that's not so bad. It's compared money. to last week. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, we uh, we decided to stick with uh, AI and double down. It opened at twenty two sixty five. We had a split edition and got that second ad on Wednesday at twenty one half, which is actually a, a really really good ad. If you look at where it, it, the low of the week, I think it was maybe seven cents below that. Uh, problem was wow. it closed at twenty one eighty nine, which was just slightly below our average. So yeah, that takes wow. us down to four twenty one forty four. Kind of want to hold it again, <laughs> but okay. no, right. no, 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 no. We gotta we gotta mix it up. That's just boring. Uh, random went with DXC, opened the week at twenty four fifty five and closed at twenty five fifty four. So random streak is continuing. He's up to four ninety one thirteen for the week or the month. Hmm. Fuck that random. Then we got a work cut out for us. Uh, I yeah. don't like it. I don't either. <laughs> I don't like random. Maybe, maybe we ask ChatGPT. Chat GPT for a good stock oh. pick. Beat random in his own game. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, we got options. Chat GPT. More options for picking stocks than. <laughs> I mean, is it? I don't. I wouldn't call that random. It's using AI to to figure out, but it doesn't have access to what is it? The latest, like it only has info up to twenty twenty one. It's yeah. It's going to give us the best picks for, <laughs> oh shit, that's going to be like memes. He's going to tell us AMC. <laughs> <laughs> GameStop looks really oversold. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> no, we'll, we'll looks, give it a shot. We'll see what like he says. Looks like a short percentage is way too high. <laughs> uh, I just asked, God, I just asked it and it said uh, investors opt to invest in index funds or ETFs. That approach that tracked the S and P five hundred. Tell them that's boring. I want to. I want to make multi baggers. That's boring. I want a sexy stock pick. Victoria's Secret. <laughs> it's not a, as an AI language model. It's not appropriate to make recommendations or offer advice on sexy or hot stock picks. Can you anyway? <laughs> <laughs> Try it anyway, you sexy minx. Anyhow. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, what do we do next here? News? All right. Yeah. Let's talk about some news, man. Get down. Dow drops deep on moving inflation. COVID frustration. War damnation. We're just bringing you the fucking news. You got to recognize the game if you don't want to lose. We're just skippy two bulls trading information. Yeah, we are. Rioters raiding, insider trading, taxes are raising, bills on the hill. We got a crypto mill, no, they ain't growing weed. When the Fed speaks today, it's some shit we don't need. Bring it, man. Two bulls trading information. What? Two bulls trading information. I'm inclined to agree. Two bulls trading Very accurate. What information? True. What? Yeah, Dan, what should we start with here? Um, I've been looking at a story about recession odds jumping. Should we talk about recession stuff? Oh, yeah. That's, I think you've got uh, one, too. A fun. Fun one. Yeah, yeah. The Fed meeting minutes notes came out. 
What, what were you looking at? Uh, it's it's from a website called realinvestmentadvice.com. So you know it's not fake. That sounds very real. You know what? It sounds the most real it could possibly get. Um, like how it, the only way I would think that was more real is if it said the realest investment advice. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Check and see if that domain's available. <laughs> We've got a new website. You know, does it say not advice anywhere in there? <laughs> I did. I did not check the, the fine. Uh, what you, what, <laughs> not, not not real advice. No, I think he, this guy is actually a financial advisor, so he's allowed to use his website. Um, it's talking about how the recession odds are climbing, and. Uh, mm-hmm why we're why we're really in a fuck situation and uh mentions how the fed has said that inflation is persistent and pernicious which pernicious which, good word you remember when they said it was transitory we all knew it was bullshit yeah yeah i'm actually thinking now that the fed has said it's persistent and pernicious that it's about to go away yeah right yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh interesting interesting take we just woke up one day and there was no inflation. Like, oh, hey, look at that. <laughs> oh, God, that'd be hilarious. <laughs> no, uh, it, it, and I posted in the Discord, and we'll have a link in the episode description, but uh, it's a really good piece, and it has a lot of graphs, and he kind of goes into a deeper dive on the corner that the Fed has painted us into mm-hmm. with uh, all of the quantitative easing and how... Uh, it's almost the Fed's job to break something, to to fix the runaway growth, get things back in line, and make room for more organic growth. Okay. And uh, how we're like way overdue for for the Fed to break the, the markets. Fed to break the markets and have that recession pull back. Um, like the the right. yield curve inversions being uh, where they're at. I mean, it's looking it's looking like the 80s again. The early 80s. The fun, sexy time. Doesn't sound good. <laughs> right. Oh, before the good music started coming out of the 80s? Yeah, right. It's like, well, you know. <laughs> During that weird crossover and we're still getting over disco? <laughs> yeah, those those uh, fun electric keyboards those 80s. for yeah. every song. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, the Fed uh, Fed has also been saying that they're expecting a mild recession by year's end, too. That was uh, coming out of the minutes of the uh, uh, FOMC meeting they did uh, March 21st, 22nd. Mm. So, yeah, the, a, lot of, a lot of bears poking their heads up, it looks like. Yeah. Uh, trying to see what else was in here, if there's anything else interesting in that. I, I, there was one other thing I think I saw, and I talked to Eric about it Um about some of the wording that changed. Uh, they changed the wording about about ongoing rate hikes to something about like uh, more rate hikes may be appropriate. So I think they're starting to kind of, we're starting to see that dovish shift uh, where hopefully maybe we'll, they're, they're setting the, 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 they're setting things up, I think for uh, a pause here coming up soon. Probably not this next upcoming meeting, but after that, I think, I think is when the expectations are. Yeah. Well, I mean, what is the Fed? What's what is the Fed going to do? Like they, they, they've only got so many tools. 
Yeah, they're uh, two, right? <laughs> they can either buy or sell assets or they can raise or lower interest rates. Yeah. Like, I'm not sure what else they can do other than that. Well, they can raise the rates. <laughs> <laughs> they can raise them or they can cut them. Right. <laughs> they can buy a bunch of assets or they can sell a bunch of assets. Can, that's, that's about can it. the Fed print money or burn money? I have no idea how the Fed works now that we're mentioning it. Okay. I'm not even sure who these people are or why they are important and allowed to vote on this policy. <laughs> uh, uh, in my article, there's a quote from a guy named Thorsten Polay from the Mises Institute. Is he a, definitely a real analyst? Yes. When I when I click his bio, it says definitely. Yeah, that's where real he works. Analyst. Uh, the quote is: "What's happening at the Fed is that the Fed is pulling central bank money out of the system." It does this in two ways. The first is not reinvesting the payments it receives into its bond portfolio so that it stops the quantitative easing. The second is by resorting to reverse repo operations in which it offers eligible counterparties, those few privileged to do business with the Fed, the ability to park their cash with the Fed overnight to pay them an interest rate close to the federal funds rate. I don't understand how that would pull cash out, cash out of the system. Oh, I guess if it's parked, it's not in the system. I guess. <clears throat> I, I've never really understood the repo rate either. If anybody has any good articles explaining yeah. that, please share them. Because I would like to, I, I think I would like to fall into that rabbit hole and figure out what the hell all that shit means. You'd think after three years of talking about stuff we, like that, we'd we have a better more. understanding of it. Well, you know, <laughs> the, the Wizard of Oz is grand and powerful. I, I'm, I, for one, don't want to see behind the curtain. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. What else catching your eye this week? Um, just a short little story I saw. It's it's half advertisement, so be careful when you click it. But it caught my eye. Apparently, savings accounts are starting to offer six percent APY. What? Where? Yeah, that's what I said. Give the title me that. Of the article was six percent <laughs> APY savings accounts are here. This is what you need to know. Uh, here's the the catch, Kyle. There's a catch though. Oh, uh, of course. How much money do you need? No, it's Millions. the other way around. They're like, we'll give you 6% on up to $1,000, on up to $2,500. How many accounts can you have? Good question. <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. Uh, open up 50 $2,000 accounts and you'd be sitting there, pretty. There does seem to be a dearth of online banks offering up to 4% you know, in the 4% ranges, 4 to 5%. Uh, Are they money market accounts, I wonder? You know, it says high yield savings, savings account, preferred savings. Hmm. Um, you know, I've been I've been dying for the days to get back to when you actually got a meaningful interest rate payment from your bank account. Yeah. Although I suppose that means that inflation is probably terrible. And you're still losing money in the long run. <laughs> uh yeah, you know, when my grandfather, I may have mentioned this on the show before, my grandfather retired and he was rolling uh, six and seven percent CDs mm -hmm. like that was his that was his retirement banking. And he had he right. had enough money from retiring where six to seven percent like he, he was like he had a really good job. <laughs> but it took, right, right. Well, took him took him like, you know, two hours a year. <laughs> so basically just yeah you collect the the premiums that you get on the 
uh, as they hit maturity and then just roll in the principal into another mm-hmm. one and then just live off of those interest payments. Yeah. Well, if you're doing, yeah, if you're doing like a 4%, uh, which is what the typical like drawdown is getting six or 7% on your principal is yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, he, he, I remember him, they were talking, I was asking him for help buying a house in 2003 mm-hmm. And yeah. my grandma was like, we don't have the money. And he just started laughing. And he was like, we could start spending our principal today and never run out of money. Like, <laughs> calm down. Yeah, it's hard to make that shift. But they were, it? you know, they were both so... depression kids. So, like, even though she's living in a big house, driving a Cadillac with her fucking toy poodle, she's like, we don't mm-hmm. have the money. Come on, Grandma! You got the fucking it's that money. saver's mentality. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's that saver's mentality, man. It's hard to it's hard to flip that switch yeah, off. She never could. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, last thing that I saw that I thought was worth uh, bringing up was an update on some of the sanction stuff on uh, Russia. Hmm. Uh, the headline of this is saying that Russia is now selling more crude than it was before it invaded Ukraine. Oh my god. Are you serious? Uh, 90% of that, though, is, or at least the seaborne crude exports are going to China and India. Shocked. Shocked, I say. Yeah. The crazy thing is that India did not buy a whole lot of their oil until the Ukraine invasion and the sanctions. And then they're like, "Mm, cheap oil, okay, we'll take it. Right, right. Yeah, about 1% of their volumes prior to the war now buys 51% of its oil from Russia. India, come on. What are you doing? India is not our friend. I'll just keep keep that in mind. Yikes. Yeah, right? Why? Yeah, yeah. But the interesting thing about this is even though Russia is selling more, uh, the revenues are still down 43% compared to the same time last year. Was it just costing them more to do it? I think, I'm guessing it's because either the difference in the price of oil from a year ago or their oil is not getting the same prices as it would as the rest of the markets do Mm. because there's only two countries that are basically willing to buy that oil. They can probably negotiate a much better price. Well, I see. I see. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, good on India, I guess, (laughs) but also fuck you, India. You're right. (laughs) I mean, it's, it's, it's a good move for India, not a good move for Ukraine and the rest of the world. Yes, exactly. Exactly. It's like, yeah, can't say that we haven't done similar things in the past, so I won't be too judgy, but <laughs> uh, interesting nonetheless. That's that's all I'll say. All right. Uh, anything else before we move on to the next segment? Uh, oof, no. Yeah, that's all the, all the general let's, news uh, I got. Let's talk about some stuff stocks then because i got some good ones here all right let's uh let's talk about some stock news but first some advertisements Longtime fans of the show should be familiar with the lender formerly known as sue pullen and i'm pleased to announce that she's back fresh off a rebrand and ready to help as sue mackey Sue is a certified mortgage advisor at Fairway Independent Mortgage, an equal housing lender who focuses on finding the right product for you and your needs. She has over 20 years of experience helping thousands of homeowners. Whether it's purchasing, refinancing, or even a reverse mortgage, Sue will help. Sue's licensed in 36 states now, so reach out and let Sue Mackey it happen for you. 
The best way to reach her is just give her a call at 520-977-7904 or in an email, spullen at fairwaymc.com. Fairway Independent Mortgage has an MLS number of 2289. Sue Mackey has an MLS number of 206048. That email again, S-P-U-L-L-E-N at fairwaymc.com. And that phone number is 520-977-7904. Shoot Sue an email and let her know she needs to update that address. All right. All right. We ready to talk about, talk about some stocks now? Yeah. Yes. Finally. Yes. Now it's talk about stocks time. Looking for setups and still not advice. Big moves, fresh news, and earnings. All that we're saying is still not advice. Stock time. Please don't sue us. All right. Should we start with the big story? Well, we have to. We have no choice. Okay. Yeah. Um,. Yeah, I was trying to decide whether it was appropriate to bring this up, but I think based on the uh, the impact it's actually had directly on the stock of Anheuser Busch, that we probably should kind of talk about this uh, this blowback from their new marketing campaign. Yeah, get a boycott, getting boycotted, right? Yeah, it's not easy to boycott a brand that big. No, is it? <laughs> no, it is not. And also. Like, uh, it's such a weird thing. Like, everyone's pissed that they hired a trans influencer, or at least that's what the comments would lead you to believe. I think there's a little bit more to it in that if you read some of the comments from the person that is in charge of the marketing now, mm-hmm. where it looked like it was kind of more, it was more about instead of being inclusive by including another group, it was denigrating their existing base in order to try to appeal to a new base. And I think that's where the the mistake was that they made. Okay, so so we're talking about Anheuser Busch. Yes, has got a new social media influencer campaign with a with a trans person, mm-hmm. and and that has upset uh, people. I I saw a comment on Reddit where somebody was like, "Bud Bud Light's a strong masculine Southern beer." <laughs> <laughs> Okay. And it made me laugh because <laughs> I have never in my life thought of beer as being masculine or feminine. Like I It's just a drink. I, right, right? Like somehow people are assigning gender to a, something like a fluid, like, like a drink? Well, here's gender fluid. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> All right, is bull testicle Sorry. juice masculine or feminine? Ooh. <laughs> That's my question. Ooh. Was it the Huh. Drink from the office, pe- penis flavored soft drink. Why'd they add the coconut? <laughs> no, uh, what was the other? Oh, the other thing that I. Okay, so the reason why I think it's more to do with what the marketing person said and less to do with who they actually yeah. hired is if you look, they've done two campaigns already with rainbow colored cans. And I don't recall seeing anywhere near the same blowback during that campaign. Right. Uh, I think it was like 2019, and then they brought it back in 22, and I think they're even bringing it, and maybe even they brought it back in 21 too. But like, I don't know, I don't know. Something's something's different this time. It's also it's really uh, really hard to boycott Anheuser Busch. Yes, yes. Um, you alluded to that earlier. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let me let me ask ChatGPT really quick. How many brands of beer? Does Anheuser Busch own? 
see if ChatPT can give me an exact number. Uh, over 500 beer brands. Ooh, shit. Budweiser, Corona, Stella Artois, Bex. They own uh, Corona? Yeah, they own Corona. Wow. Okay. Right. So, so go ahead, try and be a beer drinker <laughs> without brewing your own. See how long you can go without buying an Anheuser Busch brand. Uh, it's so stupid. Anyway, uh, let's look at the stock let's though. Because the stock. Yes, that's what I really wanted to look at because uh, the headlines are talking about them losing five billion in market cap. But if you actually look at the actual drop in the stock price, yeah, Anheuser, it, it, it was not nearly that extreme. So it was trade in uh, at the beginning of April. I think it was somewhere between sixty six and sixty seven, and now it's trading. It closed the week at sixty four half. So you're talking yeah. about a two dollar drop in the stock price. Yeah, and and looking at the the chart zooming out, like it's hitting some long term resistance areas that it hit like back in January twenty twenty two. Like if if you didn't tell me about any of the news, I wouldn't. I wouldn't think anything of it. Exactly, exactly. Uh, I mean, there was like the the run up to that sixty seven. It left behind two big gaps. Uh, so, I mean, to me, it's just filling those. Yeah, actually, yeah, kind of look looks interesting for a long the way it's holding the twenty day EMA. Yeah, yeah. I've seen a big sell zone candle on the week when it hit that low of the week, but it's it's rebounded nicely. Hmm. Interesting. Put a check on that one. Sell zone probably blow back from the the advertising. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I don't know. But it it's following those volume profile edges really nice. Mm, interesting. Yeah. All right. Uh, anything else, uh, or what are you seeing in the the stock news that you want to talk about? The Amazon.com CEO Andrew Jassy's twenty twenty two pay uh, dropped from. Uh, $212 million in 2021 to $1.3 million in 2022. That would probably be a bigger shock if you hadn't already made $220 million the year yeah, before. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he didn't spend it all. <laughs> yeah. like, ah, man, that dropped my average down to only $100 million the last two years. <laughs> now I'm averaging $100 million a year. Right? Um <laughs> It's a slowdown in sales, bad financial performance. It's really, really hurt his, his, his earnings. I'm guessing most of it comes from stock uh, incentives. Yes. His salary yeah. is actually only 317 grand a year, but his 401k and uh, stock options are mm -hmm. the rest of the compensation. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I, guess, I guess Amazon has a compensation committee. Oh, which decided not to grant Mr. Jassy a periodic equity award in 2022. Okay. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> I I mean I'm kind of wondering where the committee was at my last job. <laughs> decide whether or not I needed a bonus because <laughs> I felt I felt like I should have gotten a bonus for the work I did. The wait, the last one? Yeah, I was there six weeks. They're still using my filing system. Oh, okay. Because I said, what the hell are you doing back here in this back office? <laughs> it's, they, Kyle, they were literally, instead of a filing system for the contracts of uh, that you sign when you check into a hotel, they were just stacking it in a corner. That's uh, literally a stack of papers in the corner. Wow. Like, guys, this isn't a filing system. This is like a, what a kindergartner came up with to hide the paper from daddy. 
that's the last steel mill I worked at the way they all their databases were all like old like 1990 version Excel spreadsheets that somebody oh. had to maintain. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like, oh my god, fuck that. <laughs> that's awful. That's just yeah. awful. Yeah. The the article goes on to say, uh, don't worry. Jassy is not about to enter the boardhouse. He <laughs> um, he owned about two million shares of Amazon.com as of February 2023. So his stock is still worth about two hundred million dollars. Okay, okay. So he's still doing okay. We don't have to. He's still doing all right. We can we shut down the GoFundMe. Yeah. Yep. Okay. All right. <laughs> Jassy's family's gonna be struggling with their their bills right. this year. No. <laughs> we don't have to worry. Uh, I I don't know if you noticed, but Boeing's back in the news again too. No, I haven't heard this. Yeah, um, the seven thirty seven Max has just been. I mean, it, it's one of their cash cows, but man, that thing has just been plagued with issues throughout the entire life of it. It seems like. Ooh. Excuse me. The most recent issue is a production issue on the rear end of some crafts. Uh, which will require uh, a whole bunch of inspections. Uh, this isn't as bad as one of the ones that had happened a few years ago, where they actually had to like take out the cabins to get to the the structural parts to inspect and replace. Oh, but it's still going to probably delay. Uh, yeah, it says about twenty percent of their current inventory or of their estimated deliveries for for the year. They're cutting that by twenty percent. So it'd be a, about an eight hundred million dollar hit to their free cash flow. I'm trying to see, I'm guessing because when I worked for an aluminum company, uh, we supplied parts for the aircraft industry, and I think mm-hmm. Boeing might have actually been one of the clients. Uh, the tracking process and the quality process that you have to maintain for like every step of the production of every, like from the melt of the aluminum all the way to the forming and forging before you send it off. Like those records have to be available to go back through. And if there's any issues in the quality of those that you come back and you find, you got to have to call them and tell them. And everywhere those parts are at, they're going to have to go and do uh, inspections or replacements. Wow. So, yeah, the tracking of this stuff is like a huge deal. Yeah. Huge. I'm trying to see what the old, the other one that happened. Um, oh, is the Dreamliner. Uh, that's right. No, never mind. Never mind. Not the Dreamliner. Never mind. Whatever. Anyway, yeah. So uh, the they do say that the areas are more accessible, so that means the rework will be much less uh, disruptive than the repairs that they had to do. Oh, it was the Dreamliner. The then then the repairs they had to do with that seven eighty seven Dreamliner back in uh, like mid twenty twenty one. Those planes were halted for more than a year. Uh, this one, it's mostly stuff that hasn't been delivered yet. I think there are some planes that are out that'll have to be taken out of service, but mostly it's the stuff that they've had in their inventory that's ready for delivery. So it'll uh, be less of an impact, but still an impact. I I had seen something recently that Boeing lost out to Airbus on some big international thing. Um, that's not surprising. I mean, I think all the issues that Boeing's been having with the Max is starting to affect their credibility. Uh, yeah. I will say, though, that I did see that three of Boeing's engineers set a new record for the paper airplane long-distance competition. Wait, really? Yes. Boeing, <laughs> Boeing won a paper airplane competition? Uh, three engineers or aeronautical engineers from the company did. It didn't say oh, that they okay, were sponsored okay. by Boeing. Or that... <laughs> Boeing must be so proud of them. 
I, I would think so, but I mean, I'd also, I don't know, you spent 500 hours getting a paper airplane <laughs> record. Maybe you should maybe figure that's why out the your green line is not up to stuff. Yes, maybe. <laughs> All right, have we tried folding it this way? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anyway, yeah, that's uh, that wraps up what I was looking at this week. Anything else catch your eye? Yeah, yeah, there's been some buzz about Lucid and Rivian. Mm, I think I saw that. Electric vehicle makers. Yeah. Uh, Lucid has cut 18% of its workforce. Um, they're going to they're gonna issue their first quarter results on, in beginning of May. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're having trouble meeting their production targets, even, mm. even though modest, like, uh, uh, where is it? Uh, I don't want to say Rivian when I meet Lucid. Right. Um. Okay, yeah, Lucid. They 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 wanted they had a target of ten thousand to fourteen thousand vehicles. It looks like they're going to hit nine thousand two hundred fifty six based on the first quarter. They've only produced two thousand three hundred fourteen cars. Right, right. First three months of the year, their main shareholder uh, is the Sovereign Wealth Fund of Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have got a, like a sixty percent stake in Lucid. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah. Really? So, yeah. Lucid's more luxury than than Rivian. Rivian also struggling to hit their targets. They they said that that at the their normal Illinois plant they wanted to produce twenty five thousand vehicles. They produced twenty four thousand three hundred thirty seven. So no bonus for their CEO. <laughs> right. So the other interesting thing from Lucid was uh, the the issues they're having with uh, trying to convert the res- reservations to sales. Oh yeah, it said. I think they said they had like twenty eight thousand reservations as of February twenty first, but the low production numbers are suggesting that they, those customers may be canceling the reservations, or that Lucid can't actually convince them to proceed with the purchase. So that, that is another oh, red flag there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Lucid's shares are actually up while Rivian's are down mm-hmm. this year. Uh, Lucid just put I, a plant in Arizona, didn't it? I, I I don't know. I think there's a plant that's close to Tucson because I remember seeing that when I was or the groundbreaking that was going on. Was it maybe five years ago before I left the state? It it could be. There's a lot of land just outside of Tucson that's mm-hmm. cheap and ripe for development. Giant production facilities. Right. Um, yeah, I guess Elon Musk has been tweeting about Rivian and Lucid and how insanely hard it is to uh, reach volume production and achieve a positive cash flow. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. The headline is talking about it makes it sound like he's issuing a warning to these two, but it also it sounds more to me like he's just pumping his own image. It's like, this is really yeah, hard. Right? I did it. <laughs> I mean, I, I, see, I pulled it off. Yeah, yeah. But I can see why you guys would struggle. Yeah. <laughs> I know it was hard because I did it. <laughs> Flawlessly, I might add. Yes, Flawlessly. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see if Rivian can can uh, start to compete with Tesla more. I'd like to, I, I've only seen, I've seen a couple Lucid cars on the road. I haven't seen any Rivians. I've seen a lot more Rivians. Have you? Yes. Mm. Rivians are the only ones that I've actually seen, and they also have the better price point too. So I would think that they'd be more, more uh, in line to be able to challenge Tesla for the king of the EV. 
Yeah, they're they're planning on 2026 when they can start producing their cheaper R2, mm-hmm. which they want to debut at around forty thousand dollars. That's not bad for an electric car. No, no. I hope my next car is electric <laughs> or truck. Right. I like electric <laughs> trucks too. Get a golf cart. Slick. I love golf carts. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything else uh, in stock news? I don't have anything, no. No, you neither. Let's talk about crypto then. All right. I got some crypto in my wallet. Hanging out on my Ethereum blockchain. Yeah, I got some crypto in my wallet. Some dirty sushi polka dot NFT Decentralized, anonymized, fabulous cryptocurrency Alright Dan, what are you looking at? Uh, looks like the SEC is trying to change some definitions to so they can re- regulate DeFi platforms better. Just DeFi? Well, they they want to uh, expand the definition of what an exchange is. Okay. And they want to extend that definition to include the DeFi platforms that aren't otherwise wouldn't otherwise be subject to SEC oversight. Hmm. That sounds difficult. <laughs> <laughs> it depends on what the definition of is is <laughs> right um yeah well would it be difficult i mean can't the sec just say like oh uh, uh we changed the definition of this so now we can now we can regulate you i think isn't the problem like the data they have to collect from their customers in order to uh meet certain uh requirements i think didn't we look at this at one point yeah because they first proposed this in january 2022 like I think the problem is like the types of places that would end up getting classified uh, under that change would end up being places that wouldn't typically do those kinds of things, and it wouldn't even make sense for them to do it anyway. Or at least that's the the shitty memory that I have of it. <laughs> hmm. I don't know. What does the article say? Um, Gensler's saying many crypto trading platforms already come under the current definition of exchange because mm-hmm. uh, a lot of these crypto platforms don't want this change they want a complete fresh set of rules right so so this is uh this the, they had a vote on friday they're going to reopen the public comment period for 30 days mm-hmm. which apparently is unusual this late in the process there's an ideological divide amongst the commissioners sec this three two vote sh- shows uh, oh. yeah you've got republican commissioners uh saying that it, that this is doubling down on on the proposal that would force centralization and undercut new technologies. Mm-hmm. So they're saying we don't want to re- reg- over-regulate this. We want to we want to let the crypto play out. Well, I mean, we've been letting it play out and a lot of people have been <laughs> getting money stolen from them. <laughs> that's, true. that's true. So maybe that's not a great argument. Maybe 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 not. Maybe not. Uh <laughs> Uh, the, while the, the, the article goes on to say, while the crypto industry has urged the SEC to provide regulatory clarity, uh, 
Friday's meeting provided very few answers and likely raised additional questions for the sector. Uh, they want to say our existing rules work. All you need to do is fit within them, but they don't in many ways. And I think it's another thing that the agency is grappling with. Hmm. Okay. So I think I think it's a, like a like a a vote of no confidence from the crypto industry in the SEC. Right. <laughs> like, you can't can you regulate be, me. Can you just fucking be clear? <laughs> <laughs> we just have clear rules that we can all go forward. It's the Wild West, though. Like, what do you? Yeah. I mean, they they advertise it as the Wild West. Like, what do, what do you think of the Wild West was all fun and games and gold rushes and whores? <laughs> no, a lot of people got shot. A lot of people got shot. <laughs> and robbed. A lot of, robbed. A lot of robbery. Those yeah. Stagecoaches out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of murder. <laughs> oh uh, yeah, yeah. Million ways to die in the West. <laughs> God, it's a good movie. It really uh, was. You got anything for crypto? Yeah, just a, a Bitcoin miner, Bitdeer. I saw it listed on the ASDA, uh, NASDAQ, uh, looks like Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, the reception, according to this article, was lukewarm, to say the least. Uh, the ticker is BTDR. They lost about 30% of their value uh, as of the time of the publication. But I mean, that's not that's not unexpected. I mean, normally, when, that's why you don't buy an IPO when something comes out immediately, yeah, right? Uh, this company went public through through a spec, which hadn't seen one of those in a long time. The Blue Safari Group Acquisition Corp. Uh, that got approved on Tuesday, but it's also interesting. So this this uh, company is one of the largest miners in the world. According to their prospectus that was filed in March, they had six mining sites across Washington State, Texas, Tennessee, and Norway. Total energy capacity is 775 megawatts as of the end of 22. Mm. Uh, hash rate uh, at the end of January was at 16.2 exahash per second, which is second only to the bankrupt Core Scientific and is higher than Riot Platforms and Mara- Marathon Digital Holdings. So it's actually a pretty big company. Hmm. Uh, might be something to to keep an eye on. I uh, I don't like buying IPOs, but I don't mind waiting for the the pullback after the initial sale or after the initial uh, debut. I mean, right? Give it give it some time to sell off a bit. Give it time to settle out. Let all the people that you know were in early let them get out of their stake and make their money, and then then look and see where it settles out and which way it wants to go. Yeah, I stay away from. Uh... <laughs> I'm not saying I'm going to. I'm just saying it's something I'd watch. I, I put. I keep an eye on it. All right. All right. Should we? Uh, should we move on and and maybe? Uh, oh, hold on. Let me shoot each other in the back. Yeah, that's right. I learned not to fart around in the saddlebags. You got to pull that trigger quick if you want to get good. All right. Um. I uh, my good was I pressed forward and on, onward and uh, actually cracked open Sierra chart a few times this week. Yeah, trying to get my CQG data back on. I, I successfully reapplied for that through AMP. Nice, and, nice. Uh, I'm one step closer, and this week should be the start of my paper trading. I'm going to be setting an alarm to wake up with the market. I'm going to do. Uh, at least 90 minutes, if not two hours, uh, mm-hmm. when, when the bell opens. Mm-hmm. So I'll be back probably on the, the Discord 
Yeah. So, though I'll be talking like this because it'll be real quiet because everybody will be asleep at the house. Oh. <laughs> uh, I hadn't been doing the voice chat lately. I've been trying to take that distraction out, but I, I'll jump on with you. Okay. All right. If I might be distracted, I don't want to distract you because my trading plan is pretty simple. Uh, I've been more doing research lately, so it's uh, super easy for me to to not to not get distracted. Okay. So yeah, yeah, that's fine with me. If I don't have my data turned back on, it's not going to work. Well, <laughs> I guess I could do it through TradingView. Yeah, you can do that too. I use TradingView for doing like quick backtesting. That's something Purdue showed me. It's actually a lot simpler to chart with than like something with Sierra charts. And plus you can load it up on, you know, uh, laptop in the other room instead of at my trading desk. Yeah. So, yeah. I um, actually like using TradingView. I, I paid TradingView the extra $4, $5 a month for mm-hmm. uh, real-time futures data. And I, I really like charting on TradingView way better than, I think you can actually trade through it if you can get uh, if you can get your broker hooked up through that. I think CQG is actually the one where there's some discussion going on about it in the Discord. You have to take a look yeah. at that. Uh, I did have a good too on Friday. I was looking at I was playing around with some new concepts or ideas that I've been wanting to kind of explore further and see if I can come up with like a good you know trading setup out of it. And I posted one of the ones that I was looking at on Friday. Uh, I was looking at a balance area from the day before and then looking at the retest into it. And then I mapped out two directions that it could go. If I, if I see it put a higher high, then I would expect it to come back, retest the top of the box and then take off. Or if mm-hmm. it went the lower way, I want it to come back, retest the bottom of the box and continue going. And it felt really good having a plan for both directions. Uh, it felt like I didn't have as much bias because I had a plan for, you know, whatever way the market decided it wanted to go. Uh, it's just uh, something I want to do more of, I think. I like the state of mind I was in. I like the way I was open to what the market was doing more than I was trying to uh, you know, force my bias, which sometimes happens subconsciously. you know. Absolutely. So yeah, I'm going to try and do more of that, explore more of that, uh, that setup idea. I'll be posting, posting my progress with that, obviously. Sounds good to me. Do you have a bad or an ugly this week? Um, not an ugly, but a bad in that, uh, it took me far too much energy and effort to realize I needed to ask AMP to turn CQG back on, not just, (laughs) not just put money in the account, but also like, Oh, I have to ask them to do it. They don't just automatically do it. Okay. Yep. Yep. I had the same problem actually, now that you mentioned that, (laughs) I remember that very clearly now. (laughs) Whoops. Okay. Uh, I had a bad. Uh, the, I took a trade during CPI when I thought I was in sim. Oh. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh, it was. Did it make money? It made six points, which was lucky. I flattened it immediately when I saw my mistake. Um, it was one of those situations where I was like, oh, this is coming to an area. I'd like to see how this thesis idea would play out. It was kind of something mm-hmm. similar where I'd drawn a balance area, saw that the CPI spike had caught up into that and then looked like I had a nice rejection candle in there. I was like, this looks like a good spot to try to fade this move. Uh, so I went to the, the uh, Sierra charts to take it and put it into SIM mode, but I was actually taking it out of SIM mode. <laughs> I put the trade on and realized that I flattened it for, you know, very, very small gain and then watched it for the rest of the day. 
uh, go all the way back down to the bottom of the most recent balance area. So it would have been like probably a 60, 70 point move that I was in right at the top of. Wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. But it's yeah. still a bad because you made that mistake, right? Exactly. Yes. It wasn't a trade yeah. I was planning on taking. It wasn't a trade I would have taken if I was live. I'm happy with my reaction to flat. It's just a little annoyed at the actual results of what would have happened with hindsight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can't undo that in your brain, right? You can't Yeah, be like, you're always going to look at that like you you lost 50 to yes. 60 points. I had eight contracts. Oh, God. You <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. made <laughs> your month. <laughs> oh, oh, well. What can you do, huh? Live and learn. Did you journal it? I did. I did. There you go. All right. Any any ugly? No, no. I, though that could probably possibly qualify as... Bad and ugly, since it was the second time I made a sim mistake. Uh, two weeks in a row, I think. All right. Well, what's it, what's it going to take to stop making these mistakes, Kyle? We need to get a, a spanking paddle? No, I put a new uh, check on my uh, pre-morning checklist, uh, but that one was just kind of a different scenario where it was not during my normal trading hours, which is why I was putting it into sim. CPI. Yeah. like Normally, that's when I'm doing my prep stuff during that time. So, so yeah, just uh, always double check, check your status. Double check your status, folks. <laughs> Should we uh, move on and pick a bet and wrap this episode up? Ooh, bet time. Let's do it. I need it, wanna beat it, gonna win it if I take it from you. Building my positions, quit your bitch and random's gonna lose. Got a chart full of levels and a stop that's not too tight. It's bet picking time in the shop, so pick them right. All right, Dan, what are you looking at today? Yum China, you yum see. Yum, China. Why the China version? Uh, because they're the one that's wedging up. Oh, <laughs> that's the Taco Bell China, right? Yeah, everybody in China loves Taco Bell. Interesting. Oh, it looks like it got above the wedge, rotating yeah. up there. Yeah. Okay, I can see why you like this. Uh, I was kind of looking at Johnson and Johnson, but that's more of an earnings play, I think. What about Anheuser Busch? I like it uh the problem is i don't think we get nearly enough of a move to get us back into contention yeah like we almost need a we almost need a meme stock or a bio stock we still have two more weeks though right yeah i don't know hmm. you're not liking that yum china law no i do i just don't i just wonder if we'd be able to make enough to be able to get back into contention hmm. <laughs> although honestly should we be thinking like that should we just be trying to make good picks yeah, I think we should just be trying to make good picks. Okay. All right. Uh, detail your trade. Let's get it on the book. All right. Uh, yum C. I wanna. I wanna go long, and I want my stop to be at sixty-one seventy-five. Sixty-one seventy-five. That looks like a good spot. And uh, 
if it obviously if it opens under 62 uh 61 if it opens under 6175 i don't think i would uh i would want it to catch at 60 5960 i'd want to wait for there that's that, that's where i would look it in looking at getting into it again what was the what was the number again? Uh, uh, the stop would be sixty one seventy five. If it opens under sixty one seventy five, I'm going to be looking uh, to add at sixty. You want to go? You want to wait till sixty completely, or just? Uh... I can go long. Yeah. Okay. Wait for sixty too long. Okay. Take profits. We're going to take profit at sixty five twenty five. We'll take half and then take the other half at 67. Wait, is that big enough? That's not a big enough swing to make it. Nah, don't yeah. worry about it. Don't worry uh, about it. Don't worry about it. We'll just make good picks. Good, good picks. Okay. Okay. Take profit one, 65 quarter, other half at 67. And now we just need a random stock. It's like Moneyball. You, you're going to win more games hitting singles and doubles. Right, exactly. Just getting men on base. How long did it take us to learn that lesson? I still haven't learned it, Kyle. <laughs> Obviously, we haven't. <laughs> <laughs> if this conversation <laughs> tells you anything. All right, we need another meme stock. Swing for the fences. Home run. <laughs> All right. Uh, Random has gone with the energy sector on the NASDAQ. They want Ballard Power Systems, or BLDP. I don't like the Ooh. look of this that's uh that's ugly yeah at least it's a really low one so that means i've got a lot of shares where the hell did their stock skyrocket so much in 2021 because a lot of them did <laughs> oh is random picking a meme stock is that what just happened touche random Ballard touché. power systems yeah they do fuel cells ah Okay, so they rode the EV. Ah, okay, okay. Wave. Random's getting on board the EV uh, bandwagon, I see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, all right, Random. Oh, this is one of the worst stock charts I've ever seen. It's worst probably a good time. <laughs> it's got lower to go, too. So. Yeah, it does. Oh, yeah, it's got <laughs> plenty lower it can go. Yeah, uh, yeah good luck. Good luck with that, Random. Ah. All right. See, that's why you make good, solid picks because uh, you let the other you let the other side try to try to lose it for you. <laughs> on Monday, <laughs> politicians on both sides of the aisle said, "No, it's time. We're going to give everybody a twenty grand EV tax credit." <laughs> but it'll be at nine oh one. Oh fuck you, random. <laughs> oh. All right. Okay. All right, there you have it, folks. Uh, with our bet picks, we'll be back at you next week. See how that pain comes in for us or random. Kyle, uh, I saw I saw you you found some stuff for your scavenger hunt. I did, I did. Uh, I was eyeing a golf cart that somebody had parked uh, out behind my backyard, but they didn't abandon it. Unfortunately, I figured that would have been close enough to a toy car. <laughs> <laughs> Also, I was trying to make the argument that a pine cone was a fruit, but I don't think I'm going to win that one. <laughs> the seats are on the inside. They are. 
but it's not a fleshy uh it's not encased by a fleshy material okay okay yeah yeah i i found a dandelion um but no seeds yeah i've got a couple of them that i saw on my walk last week that i've been i'm hoping that they that the yards don't get mowed <laughs> well they have to they have to be pollinated to get a seed i don't think mine was pollinated Oh shit! <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know enough about plants. Well, you I gotta haven't... you gotta wait for it to turn into the ball that you blow, the little white cotton ball looking thing. Oh, that's a dandelion seed. One of those little pieces. Okay, I definitely do not have that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm waiting for shit. mine to convert. <laughs> shit, <laughs> haven't right. yet. Okay. Well, thanks for sticking around to the end of the episode with us, folks. Uh, it's it's always a great time. We're so glad you join us. Uh, but unfortunately, we are at the end. Uh, mm-hmm. So thanks for stopping by. But we're closing up shop. We will be back with you soon. Uh, but uh, get the fuck out. Get the fuck out. <laughs> and tell your friends how much you love us. Like, share, yeah. rate, subscribe. Share this episode with your friends like a lost puppy desperately seeking approval. Until next time, happy trades. Bye. Two Bulls in a China Shop is an entertainment program, and all thoughts and opinions expressed in the show belong to the hosts and not of any company. They are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security or investment product. It is only intended to provide entertainment about stocks and the financial industry of trading. If you make trades based on what you hear in this show, you assume all risks for those trades.